When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app, uh, app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. My ears aren't out. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We have a ton of people hanging out with us, and we want you to hit that thumbs up button if you are hanging out with us. And we got Steven Nicholas producing us. Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, will be joining us. After the game, or I mean not after the game, after he's done talking to people after the game, from Guaranteed Rate Field, we are joining you live after a White Sox. Herb, what do I have on my head? You have a bag on your head. When did I make this? You made it when the White Sox were losing by four runs in the ninth. <laughs> and what is it, Herb? What is it? It's a White Sox win. Goddamn Whoa! right. After... 10 games of losing. Finally, finally, the White Sox break out of it. And they don't break out of it in any normal way. No, 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 why would we? Would they? Herb, what, what were you saying that whole ninth inning? I was like, there's, Two no, words. there's no way these some bitches are going to do it. Uh, and I'm not cashing out. No, what, what were the two words you said? I don't even remember. Fake rally. Yes, I did Herb say fake rally. Herb kept saying fake rally, fake rally. Fake rally. And then what did Andrew Vaughn do, Herb? Um, he hit a home run, a three-run home run to make the score 12-9. to nine, A White Sox winner. A White Sox winner. We call that a walk-off in baseball, folks. Uh, if you are hanging out with us, thank God you're hanging out with us today. Uh, you chose a great day. A lot of the past days have been really bad. I mean, today was a bad day, too. Mercy. The only thing that happened was the White Sox scored seven in the ninth, or else we're out here MFing the White Sox again. Oh, well, I mean, we're going to get to some MF in uh, the, the White Sox. But today, let's be happy. Let's be happy. My man, Dougie Fresh, who invited me to the game today before I had to leave in the seventh inning, they were winning before I left. And then the White Sox became the White Sox after I left. Yeah. Oh, and but then they didn't. I mean, this is a team that we haven't seen in a very long time. Oh, I my mean, goodness. They, they, after you left, the, the real White Sox came out. Ronaldo Lopez might be lost for the season. I don't know. He, he's, he weirdly he was hell t- left the game. He was bad. Uh, Aaron Bummer wasn't that much better. Uh, he allowed two runs in the ninth. Uh, again, nine to five going in. And then they started out with one out, too. I mean, Romy started that inning with an out. Of course. Then a Jimenez single. Benatendi ran from him. Uh, Grandal kind of got hit by a pitch, so Grandal and Benatendi on second. Then Berger down, doubled down the right field line. Benatendi scored. Grandal the third. Colas hit a sack fly to left. Grandal scored uh, to make it 9-7. Then Andrews singled to right. Jake Berger scored, making it 9-8. Then Lenin Sosa singled to right. Andrews to second. Sosa on first. Clevenger comes up. Adam Purple Hazley, who led off the game because yep. Luis Robert got benched and his hamstrings a little tweaked. We'll get to that. Um, he got on for a sixth time 
in this game. <laughs> he singled the center. Andrews scored, making it 9-9. Sosa to third. And then Andrew Vaughn against the lefty Clevenger. Uh, took him 407 feet deep for that wonderful, wonderful walk-off home run. The best hitter on the Chicago White Sox coming through That's in enough. the clutch. That's Se- not enough. Relax. Seven runs in the ninth inning. Steven asked me, he was like, hey, when's the last time the White Sox scored seven runs? I'm like, that Friday night versus the Tampa Bay Rays, where yep. the Rays walked the White Sox off scoring their runs in the bottom of the ninth of the course. They won eight to seven, but yeah, shocked. Absolutely shocked right here. As you know, once the White Sox go down, or actually when the White Sox go up for, for a certain period of time, I'm looking for opportunities to invest on the other team. Yeah. So I went with Ray's money line plus 430. And I was putting $20 on that. So I was like, baby, I'm going to make a nice $100 on this. And immediately, pretty much it happened. There it is right there. On the screen, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you and said you saw it at plus eight hundred. I saw that please plus eight hundred. I couldn't hit the button fast enough, and you know, fat fingered it. And four thirty was where I landed up, and so I was very happy to get that. And I was like, I'm not cashing out. They were giving me opportunities in that ninth inning. Like, you sure you want to cash? You don't want to cash out? Ninety five dollars, bro. I was like, Nah, White Sox are gonna lose this. The White Sox are gonna White Sox this. Something happened. I don't know, but the White Sox actually did not White Sox this. And you said. That inning started off with an out, and they scored seven subs- subsequent runs after that. That is a ridiculous amount of runs for this team. It's a ridiculous comeback for any team, much less a team that is now 8-21. and 21. Yeah, I mean, they are still the third-worst team in all of baseball. Yes, That's, folks. Somebody brought it up. Like, if they even go on a 10-game winning streak, so there's still going to be five games below 500, I believe. Let's see. Well, they're 8-21. No, yeah, so oh, there'll be, be you know, a couple games like under 500, three, four, three four games, games under 500. Yeah. Um, it depends on if you're counting this game as the start of the That's 10 win it, or yes. 10, 10 wins, but whatever. Um, yeah, they'd still, be, they'd still be under 500 either way, um, which is just absolutely brutal. And probably in first place in the AL Central. Yes, uh, but they're the third worst team in baseball, 8-21. and 21. Rays, uh, Royals are worse, 7-22, uh, and 22, and A's are 5-23. Uh, and 23. It was really ugly there. I was ready to just give up. I, we were just kind of waiting for that game to end. We got some tweets, too, saying, just start the postgame show now. Um, I guess you never know with baseball, but when you win a game like this and you haven't won in a very long time, you do have the Twins, hopefully they can build on this momentum. We never thought that they were this bad. We never no. thought that they were going to be as bad as the Royals. We never thought they were going to be as bad as the A's. They, have I think, are now 3-13 and 13 without Tim Anderson. Not good without yeah. Tim Anderson. And so, they get to get him back, probably on Tuesday. Probably on Tuesday. So... There are positives. It's not all gloom and doom, but overall, feeling is negative. But thank God they won. Oh, my goodness. They won a game. It feels so good. This is the thing. Woo! Like, look at all you guys in the comment section, people listening on the podcast, how happy you are, how how enjoyable the eighth win of 29 (laughs) feels. And we haven't won a game in whole 11 tries. Finally, they get the job done on the 11th. And it feels like you've won the World Series, especially how it happened. We don't ask for much, White Sox, front office, owners. We don't ask for much. This is how joyous that we are after a win versus a team versus the Tampa Ray Rays, who, who are great, man. And I, but I hate them with a the passion because they're, we got something with them. Like the yeah. Rays and White Sox got something brewing. Even though they won't see each other ever again after this game because the White Sox are not going to play us and the Rays will be. But... <laughs> I don't know. Like, the hit batsman the other day with Luis Robert. Today, you see Kendall Graven, after he gets a tank job up, hits Manuel Margot, the ninth-place hitter. 
right immediately. That was unintentional, 100%. But maybe that sparked some people up. I don't know. Well, because I was gonna, that ninth inning was just unbelievably, like, not White Sox. Yeah, I was going to bring that up and, and, I don't know, maybe try to make that argument that, oh, you know, maybe that fired them up. But And, and they did score a run in the eighth. It was it was 7-4 heading into the eighth. Uh, Koloff struck out looking, then Andres doubled to left. Sosa grounded out. Andres went to third. Hazley struck out, and then he almost pulled the White Sox. Didn't run uh, to first base. Thankfully, he did. Got on to first on the drop third strike, and that's how they, they scored a run. Um, I was going to bring that up just because we saw who, – who was the pitcher on – Friday for the Rays? Uh, Eflin. Yes. Eflin threw at Robert, and we were like, whoa, that's kind of weird. And you kind of felt like it was intentional. 100% Um, intentional. Because it was after Vaughn hit a homer. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the jacket and the mobster hat got brought out. And then Betancourt hits a homer, and this is the first time I've seen it all series. I could be mistaken. Uh, Then Siri, their center fielder, pops out while Betancourt's running the uh, the the lap for the homer he pops out in a luchador mask and i think he's like in front of the dugout not like running out like very much but i think he did like kind of a lap out of the dugout around in front with the mask on and then you know like you bring up Margot gets drilled so that did feel intentional i'm not sure if it fired him up maybe we'll hear that from Vinny a little bit later but it was odd and hey if that's what they need fuck it let's go but yeah there's definitely some beef there was some intensity because that was the second time that they Definitely drilled somebody. Yeah, I'm not the guy, and I think Lawrence Holmes put it on his tweet that needs punitive things for players like Luis Robert to sit down. But I'm kind of when you're seven and twenty-one before today, you do that. And what he did yesterday was unacceptable. And I'm not the guy who's retaliating because another guy hits your player. But you do whatever needs to be done within the rules to get the job done. And if that fired the guys up. I don't know. It could just be a, a passing thing. I don't think it does because you're losing four runs in the ninth inning. I don't think anybody, even them, think that they would come back from that game. At minimum, I thought they would tie the game. And I, I was like, when they scored the seven, I was like, Who, whose team is this? Whose mans is this? But we, like you said before, this is not a 8-21 and 21 team, even though the record says it. Nobody who was before the season would have said that this team is 8-21 and 21, or this team is one of the worst teams in baseball. So, are they better than this? Yes. Are they division champion better than this? No. Hell no. They're still bad. In this game, there was stuff that was wrong with the team, that they should have lost the game. But it's finally good to get that monkey off your back, have an off day tomorrow. They can just go and relax and not worry and press about Oh, God, now if we lose our next one, we're going to have 12 in a row, especially versus our division leader, the Minnesota Twins. Now you can relax and say, we take three games from the Twins, we're right here. Or we take two games out of the three-game set from the Twins, we're right here. Yes, the record will only be 10 and 23, but still, you took a couple games from them. Instead of losing those games, you feel a little bit better. You say, we have five months left. Let's keep on going. We have a bunch of games versus the Twins left. Yes, I'm wearing purple. Yes, it was the Adam Hazley game. Uh, yes, he got on base six times. Uh, Ron, uh, no, Adam Hazley did not Wally Pip Luis Robert Jr. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Ron. It's hilarious, but I get what you're saying. We'll talk about but that man, Luis Robert Jr. in a bit. Hey, when Tuesday comes, I know people got to be sent down because people are going to be brought back up. Adam Hazley can't be one of them. Oh, Romy Gonzalez, he's gone. He, yeah, there's Romy's gonna be gone. two people up. So Hans is gonna be brought back up, and Tim's gonna probably be brought back up. 
yes, Romy's immediately going. He, like, he's not even enjoying the celebration right now. They're sending him back to Charlotte as we speak. Uh, but think- there's got to be another person being sent back down. So I would say not Adam Hazley because what he did today was show that he's not of the White Sox. He's hungry to keep a spot in the major leagues as he has seen the AAA buses and he's been driving around in North Carolina. He's like, no, you know what? I'm good. I want to fly places. I want to go places. And the way I do it is stay on base six times and steal a base every once in a while. Play some pretty much good defense. And he can play all three of the outfield spots. So if we're talking about people having to go down, I would say Adam Hazley is not one of them. And we already determined that Jake Berger's on this team for the yeah, whole day I, of season. Berger's not even, I mean, he leads your team in home runs. He's not going to, I mean, you can laugh at that too. Hey, this, um, hey, but he's, he leads hey, your team in home runs. He's this not team has done worse to, than sending uh, their best hitter down. They're not going to do that. I know. Let's not entertain that because they're uh, not going to do it, mm-hmm. period. You want to bet $100? Do you want to bet $100? Put a 1% chance on them doing it. You want to bet $100 on no, them? No, I wouldn't bet on 100%. I'm just uh, 1% trying to make money chance. off you because you're, you're just talking nonsense. They're no, not sending down Jake Berger, He's period. the White Sox, man. Again, do you want to bet $100 on it? Ever? They're not, they are not going to. No, they're not going to send him down tomorrow, period. Okay. I'm about to say, if they're, you they're think not, the White Sox are now going to send him down. If they send him down, literally, he is their best hitter right now. They're not sending him down. Yeah. Um, the they're not entertaining man. that. Uh, the we'll, we'll talk a little bit about who might be sent down with Vinny as well. Um, I don't think they're going to bring up another outfielder like Hamilton. That makes no sense. I would love to outright Hanser Alberto. I don't need him. What do we? What nope. do we? I, bye. I don't need to see him. If you outright Hanser Alberto, who then is the swing infielder? Jake Berger. Lenin Sosa. Well, I I I, I think that they're probably not going to outright. I would keep Lenin on the club, okay. so just that would be, but it would be, I, I think tomorrow you're probably going to see Alberto Anderson up and then Romy and Sosa down, right? That sounds right. That That's what I would do, 100%, or if somebody or needs Jake to. Berger. Or if Ronaldo <laughs> Lopez has to go to the IL, that would be much yeah. easier for you could just only sending one guy down and keeping Romy and or uh, Lenin on the team. Yeah, odd way for him to uh, exit the game. I, I, I would talk about anything before the the fifth inning or, or the sixth inning, but I, I feel like even Clevenger start it just it doesn't nothing matters because this is just such a weird odd game. Fred had a great stat here. Uh, this is the first time that they've won down four heading into the ninth without going to extras since April twenty eighth two thousand four versus Cleveland. I'm not sure if that was Fred getting himself that stat or if he, he got it somewhere else. So credit where credit is due. Thank you, Fred. Uh, so a win once every 20 years basically uh, which is a good way to phrase it but that team went 83 and 79 they were 12 and 8 when that win happened they were led by the great Ozzie Gians who uh, many people want to be uh, leading this ball club after yeah. they started 7 and 21 but I mean do you think that this club can actually turn it around is no. this a mirage this is a mirage I mean we knew that this stretch against Tampa Toronto and Tampa was were, were going to be tough they won one game Fred says credit to Sarah Langs thank you Sarah Langs appreciate it um, no, I think this White Sox team is bad. I don't think they're as bad as they've shown, but I think they're actually a bad team. And no, I don't think this is going to be a turning point for the team. I don't think that, oh, now we're good to go. I mean, they could see it as such, but then the Minnesota Twins and Joe Ryan can say, momentum is next day's starting pitcher, and here's a zero for you, White Sox. Enjoy your loss. We'll start a new streak type of thing. No, I think this team is bad. And the reason why I think they're bad is because they're starting pitching is bad. They've had well, two I good mean, uh, they had two good starts from Lance Lynn and I think that the rookie manager left him in a little too long after that he gave up the hit and the home run 
and Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito's last couple starts, solid. But I wouldn't say Clevenger Cle- was bad today. He wasn't bad. He wasn't good either. He went five innings, gave up two rocket home runs. He was he was all right. But yeah, but I mean, we fix- always said we always said that uh, you know Johnny Cueto, if he went five innings and gave up three earned runs or less, that was a quality start. Yeah. So I don't know why the bar moves there. I mean, five innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight Ks, nine base runners isn't pretty. Cold, um, but yeah. I mean, he he was able to get eight Ks, which was effective. Yeah, but you don't want that as the the thing you're judging this team on. Like, you need better. And the starting pitcher has been abysmal this year. And the bullpen is the second worst bullpen. Yeah, but I'm just saying that that starter isn't that that start isn't abysmal. No, so that it mean, wasn't. Even, even then, like you know, nine base runners, two home runs. Still leaves you in the game. I think he left with the lead. But remember, process over results. He, he didn't pitch well. The results no, might no. have been good. He didn't pitch well today. I didn't think. So you can't have what they are, the bullpen being bad, hitting not being good, and starters being inconsistent and be a good team. Now, do we see any – I'm going to ask you, do we see any light in the end of the tunnel with any of those three positions, starting pitcher, hitting, or bullpen, I, where you're just like, okay – once this happens, we're going to be good. At least the starters, I, I don't think that they're, they're, they're this bad. Um, I mean, we could do, do you have the Clevenger stats from today? Um, we could flash this. Um, come, back on, come back on Tuesday night, Kevin. Um, if you're going to say it's L take, come back on Tuesday night and tell me you just got the same. Kevin I, said disagrees. Could be definitely be a catalyst. Could be, and it's an L take. I mean, we'll, I honestly will want to see how they get out of this and what they look like against the Royals and the Reds. I, I don't know what they look at, like against really bad teams where they do have the complete and utter talent advantage over those teams. I'd like to see what they look like against them. I don't think we're going to learn much about the Twins. Do but they, they have played... the talent advantage over the Reds? Yeah. Okay. They should. They spend one hundred eight. They spend one hundred eighty million dollars on their said team. Said the key word there. Should they should. Um, <laughs> that's what we've been talking about for two years, I guess. Uh, yeah. and, and hey, look, Fred and Clark have now brought up the Soxtopus, and this is why you need to commit to the bit. <laughs> If you committed to the bit, it would have been funnier. We would have, we would have, we would have already had the gif. We would have already. We didn't have to go through all the this people begging for the socks to push shirt. They know that the socks to push is not yet ready. No one wants the socks to push except for Fred. And who else wants it? That's it. Uh, Fred. No, Clark. Clark. Fred. Bring up Clark. 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 Please do the socks to push dance, Sean. Sean. Socks to push, Sean. Not Herb. I'm, Sean. I'm saying the the, the Soxtopus works with two people. Okay. I guess it, we really need four. Anyways, uh, let's go to uh, the Clevenger pitching uh, stats. And then did I send you the 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 stack yeah. cast stuff? I'll do okay, it without right, the, we'll go, the we'll socks. go through this first. So uh, five innings pitch for Clevenger, two earned runs, seven hits, eight Ks, one walk. Uh, Rasmussen five innings pitch, three earned runs, nine hits, three Ks, zero walks. Uh, and then let's go to the stack cast stuff. Uh, he threw forty three fastballs. Uh, his Average velocity was near his year average. Uh, he was able to get up to 95.4. Uh, love that station. Hit 91.7 as well. Uh, cutter at uh, through 19 times. Slider 16 times. Uh, the cutter is kind of... Three miles per hour more in the cutter today? Well, so what I, I think that is, is we actually haven't seen the cutter a ton from Clevenger. Um, so I, I think that is just his slider, but he is just throwing it harder. Okay. Um, because when I, I saw those pitches, it's not that crazy uh, different of a profile uh, to a slider. I just think that the less velocity, you're able to get more spin, and I think that just causes more of the break and more of the the, the, the nastiness uh, of the, the slider uh, where the cutter is just more tight and compact. Um, so I think it was just more he was throwing it harder. And when it's been 
used as a cutter because he's been thrown it. He's thrown it so little this year. Um, a lot of it's just a, a misidentified slider. Okay. So I, I think it's just more of him throwing his cutter harder and, and us seeing that consistently. We haven't seen it, that that pitch 19 times uh, this year. So I don't know if that was a a win for him this pitch, uh, but called strike plus whiff says uh, it, it was a 16% pitch, so not great. But uh, through the slider, changeup, and curveball. Um, but let's look at the other. Yeah, results. Uh, thank you. That's what we call it. Uh, 14 <laughs> whiffs on 46 swings, 30%. That's good. 29% called strike plus whiff percentage, 14 balls in play, an average exit velocity of 92.2. Um, you take out those two homers, too, and that average exit velocity goes down. Obviously, you know, you can't, you, you can't take take those away, but he still left the game with a lead. Like, I, I, I want to be as neutral as I can, at least when about his pitching, because mm-hmm. you know, we're not neutral on the other stuff. Yes. Um, but the pitching today was fine. And yeah. that's the thing is, like, the the, pit, the start from today from Clevenger, the start from Lancelin yesterday, yesterday, the start from Giolito on Friday, all of those are good enough starts for you to win the game. Correct. They could have had three wins. Could have, should have, would have. The reason they don't is because they're a bad ball team. Correct. So I, I think just not going up against the MLB best Rays, hopefully this crazy win where you still beat the Rays you're not swept seven out of seven times against them this year maybe it could be a little bit of a catalyst with the teams getting uh easier and hey like you got to beat the twins I I tried to harp on this with less games against the AL Central if you dominate the AL Central that will help you win this division so you have to see the twins on the schedule and say let's eat I know it's going to be tough against Joe Ryan I know we don't have any faith in this ball club but like if they are going to turn it around they can't waste any more time it needs to start today I mean they're getting their catalyst back hopefully on Tuesday with Tim Anderson returning from his uh, minor league rehab start right now so you can have faith that at least you're going to have a person that when they had him this year I think were they seven and eight this year um they're much more where they were last year mediocre and being mediocre in the AL Central is not a bad thing because it means you're close to the top of the the AL Central yeah, Tim and the folks over there might think we all we need now, we've seen the, the win versus the best team in baseball. All we need now is just to see that win, and now we get our leader back. Maybe Johan comes back sometime ever with his bulging disc in his back, and then you start rolling. You actually have your offense there. But once I know this. Once we get Tim back, somebody else is going on the I.L. like this week. Oh, don't be, don't, don't be like that. What? That's that's just that's, that's what that's happens. Pessimism. That's, that's pessimism. What, no, that's realism. That's what well, happens. Now what, how got, many times is the course six? No, but now now Ronaldo Lopez is going to go on the IL, yes. and then you're going to be like, no, see, I told you. No, not Ronaldo Lopez. <laughs> I'm talking about a hitter. Why are you? Why? Because that's what happens. Stop it. That's what happens. God, see what you, you think? Do to you this think team? I can actually Rick? affect people's uh, fortunes? No. If I would, I would be affecting my wallet instead of the White Sox. I'll be doing stuff like I've never won the Powerball ever in my life, and I never will. Not this week at all, folks. I won't win the Powerball. You think I have that t- power? You got to manifest it, and and if you do have that power, you got to find out. You got to get a crystal. I, I could show you what crystals to buy. Home homegirl from uh the the Mike Clevenger uh, lady. Yeah, yeah. She's got crystals. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll figure well, out we'll get the right ones for you, and and we'll get you to win the Powerball. You no, want, you I, want that? No, no, I don't have. You the don't power. want the Powerball? No, I, I, I will I'll never win the Powerball. Power you heard. I won't win the Powerball, and I won't be happy when I do win the Powerball. I'm giving all my money away, except for about a hundred million. Other than that, 
Y'all can have it. All right. Everybody who's watching right now will have a, a couple dollars in the pocket. Let's take a quick break before uh, her. Don't be kills. pessimistic. That's realistic. Victor Van Doom. I don't know. I mean, we I, there was there have been topics before where our guy Ian in the chat has been like, "Who's the next White Sox player to get hurt?" I think that's just a bad thought process to go down because it, it's we're not rooting for anyone to get hurt. I'm not. We don't want anyone to get hurt. Why play that game? If someone gets hurt, it's unfortunate and it sucks. It does. I, you know, I get I get your point because it's just the team is a joke. It's not the team is a joke. It's just what happens. That's what happens with the White Sox. Once you start feeling good about the team. Something else will happen. You're just waiting for the shoe, other shoe to drop. Even my man Cat Latos wants me for president. All right, prove I'm, it. I'm old enough. Prove it, folks. I mean, that's 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 the slogan. So let's let's prove health to Herb, so he doesn't have to be so so pessimistic. Where's Herbie? I mean, look at the, the rain's got Herbie sunshine hiding away today. White Sox cost me twenty dollars. One twelve to nine. Mercy. <laughs> We're gonna take a break and let you know about Fubo TV. That's how we watch the game today. They have over one hundred and forty live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And the best part, you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching, and you'll have over one thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge, so you can. Watch Watch what you want, when you want it. You can watch local teams while traveling as well. And you can watch the NHL draft on ESPN. You can watch the NHL and NBA playoffs um, on ESPN, ABC, wherever they're taking NBA TV, TNT. Um, and you can watch the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. So use the link in the description below and sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. FuboTV.com slash CHGO. Herb, what you drinking? I am drinking a delicious 312. Let's do silent. And they sent us tall boys. Oh, 16, 16 ounces. Yeah, I got a Those call. are our friends. I got a text message from Jake uh, this past Thursday. He said, hey, do you have time to pick up 15 to 20 cases of Goose Island? So there's 15 to 20 cases somewhere in here right now. Mm-hmm. Are they all in there? I know where oh, You is. found them, didn't you? Okay, well, they're yeah, going I, soon. The other day I was looking for them. I was looking everywhere but loose, and Sean's like, they're right here. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go buy, a, buy a case of Goose Island. I'm like, her. We, got, we got, the fri- got the fridge back there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not cold. you got to put them in the fridge. But, and, that, and then the fridge whole thing doesn't make any sense. Uh, anyways, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988, and their beer roster includes the 312 Wheat Ale. We also have Tall Boys of the Goose IPA. They come in a lovely, lovely green can. Six-time medal award winner at the Great American Beer Fest. It's always in style. has a citrus aroma and bold hop finish. They have the Tropical Beer Hug as well. And I think our new favorite. The Full Pocket Pilsner. Correct. Um, it's an everyday beer, and it's what the Brewers are drinking. I guess we could become Brewers, Herb. It'd be better. It's a better team. Oh, sorry. You meant Brewers of the C312. Oh, 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 my bad. Sorry, hey. guys. Uh, we'll bring up the Brewers later as well. Uh, but also, just make sure you're grabbing an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at the Goose Island Original Brewhouse on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on the Fulton uh, on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. We thank you very much. Uh, drink Goose. Have fun, as it says behind Herb there. Um, let's get into a little Brewer stuff, actually. All right? Because um, I want to talk a little bit about this whole Luis Robert situation Correct. Uh, before Vinny joins, and Vinny will be able to, to add to this as well. But I brought this up before with the Brian Reynolds thing, but I kind of want to hammer the point home. Yep. The White Sox, along with the A's and Royals, of course, have never, I guess I, I just bashed you for not being Herbie Sunshine, and here yep. I go on this, and this yeah. is going to make people... Hashtag upset. Um, the White Sox have never 
signed a player to a contract worth $100 million or more. The one player that I tossed about, tossed around, thought about, maybe, maybe they could be it, Luis Robert. Okay. His not going to be UFA until 2028, so it's down the road. You might not have a $100 million player until 2028. Congrats. But he was seen as the star, as the catalyst, as the pillar of this 2023 team. Exactly. Pedro Grafal's calling him an MVP candidate before he even starts on the job. Calling him an MVP candidate before the season even starts. Hasn't played 100 games in a season before. Obviously, his health is crucial to this team. But what happened yesterday does not instill faith that the White Sox have a superstar on their team. That the White Sox don't have this true savior or this true star in the middle of their defense and the middle of their lineup. And I don't think it's going to be T.A. Just because T.A. will be getting older. Mm-hmm. He might think, not be... I think he'll be like 31 or 32 right. when, he, when he's free. You got Colson coming up. Just doesn't seem like if a team like this, who's currently 8-21 and 21 and possibly not going to the playoffs, winning an AL Central like it was promised. They're not going to the, they're not going to the playoffs. We'll, I can put that down right now. We won't be able to ask Tim Anderson after the parade because he'll be gone. Um, it's possible that he might get traded at the trade deadline, not signing a $100 million contract with the team. I don't think he'll be dealing cease. I know he had a bad start against the Rays, but, eh, you know, I, I think he'll be all right. He'll probably be a $200 million, $300 million player out of that price range. Some other team, yes. Yohan Moncada was signed to a $75 million extension with his back issues, with his injuries. I don't think he's going to be a $100 million player. Maybe, but probably not. If anything, he gets a Cody Bellinger deal for one year and tries to prove that. Aloy Jimenez, he's dealing with leg injuries still. He's still dealing with soreness. I don't think he's going to be a $100 million player. Luis Robert was that one guy. And yesterday was just a very disconcerting back and forth. And we're, we'll, we'll get more clarity now uh, from somebody who was there, uh, our guy Vinny Duber. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox uh, beat writer. And you can read about his take and his uh, quotes from being at the park yesterday when Luis Robert uh, got benched. Uh, let's not start there, though, Vinny. Um, we were going to go down the Luis Robert thing, but l- let's start with the craziness because I'd like a little bit of color of what this locker room was like. Andrew Vaughn hit the walk-off home run. Jason and Steve interview him after the game, and he was very one short word and answer. Andrew Vaughn not going uh, very deep, uh, very happy to win a game. Is that the vibe in the White Sox clubhouse after 10 straight losses? Yes, finally some uh, some music playing in the home clubhouse here at Guaranteed Right Field. Uh, yeah, people were in good spirits, good mood. Uh, I mean, I asked Pedro Grafal how necessary was this, and I think his his response was incredibly necessary. I mean, uh, there's no doubt that this was just uh, weighing on these guys, and, and Andrew Vaughn said it was a weight off the shoulders, but uh, I, I think a little less celebratory than you might expect, uh, given the fact uh, that, you know, this, this was a long time coming. But, hey, I think the reality uh, has set in that this team is still a long way below 500 and that one game's not going to cure everything here. Um, in fact, Pedro Grafol said, just like I say flush it for all those bad losses, I'm going to say flush it for this win eventually uh, too because, uh, you know, they have to they have to kind of start all over again on Tuesday when the Twins come to town. So, um, you know, not exactly the uh, championship celebration that you might uh, have thought it would be for, for a team that hasn't won in a long, long time, but uh, certainly positive feelings and uh, very relieved to have that losing streak behind them. And what we heard what uh, Luis had to say yesterday and also Pedro had to say about that whole situation. But today, apparently, um, Aloy came in before the game and said, hey, you know, I'm not 100%. 
and Pedro decided to keep him in the lineup, and it paid off for him. I think he had four hits today. What did uh, Pedro have to say about Aloy and his toughness and what he did today to help the team win? Yeah, I mean, you know, four hits, obviously, that's good. He said he looked great when he stood walking, when Pedro walked into his press conference. One of the first thing he said was how, uh, how good Aloy looked at the plate. But anybody that watched the game know that he didn't look that good moving his way down the first baseline. And so asked about it, you know, Pedro just said, right, exactly. He, he's not 100%. He's dealing with some leg soreness still. But um, they'll take Aloy being able to swing, even if it means Aloy not, can't run quite as well as he normally would, uh, you know, because they need that bat in the lineup right now. And, and I think he drew the, the, the difference between what happened with Robert and what happened with Aloy in saying that we talked about it. We, we talked about it. There was communication. We were able to make a group decision based on all the information that we had. Uh, that was the difference. And, you know, uh, Robert might have played yesterday. Uh, you know, had they talked about it and been able to figure out how he could best be used. Uh, certainly today, that wasn't the case. Obviously, it was out of the lineup. But um, I think the point here is that Pedro wants that communication to be free flowing. Um, I think it's pretty obvious when you look at that situation that that's what should have happened with Luis Robert. Uh, but uh, when it comes to Aloy, you know, he, he, he wasn't feeling 100%, but he was able to do something and do something well, and it helped him win a game. I don't know if I let's let's continue to update people on just because I feel like this Robert thing we can go in depth and probably take do like twenty minutes on it. Um, Aloy, I like, I like it. they they finally win. They haven't won in a week and a half, and we're starting with Luis Robert. It's funny. It's not wrong, but it's funny. <laughs> I think just I think they're coming off a ten game losing streak, and we hella thought they were going to lose eleven straight, <laughs> and then they they came up with the craziest comeback since two thousand four. Um, Ben Attendi ends up subbing in for Jimenez. Uh, ben Attendi's still dealing with elbow soreness. I don't know if there's anything else to go into that. His legs are fine, so that's why he pinch ran. Um, but we also have an update on TA and Hanser Alberto, right? So Tuesday, we should expect Ben Attendi, Anderson, and Alberto at least back with the team. Ben Attendi and Anderson probably in the lineup, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ben Intendi obviously is with the team. He's he's not on any sort of. There won't be any sort of move uh, needed for that. But yeah, Anderson and Alberto are both coming back on Tuesday, so there will be corresponding moves that, that we don't know, but we'll figure out what those are. Um, and and there might be a few, just given the, the state of this roster, guys coming back, that kind of thing. So we'll have to wait till Tuesday to see exactly what all that means. But yeah, they're going to get some reinforcements here soon. And then final update, uh, Ronaldo. very weird to see him come out of the game. His performance wasn't great again, uh, but what is the update post-game on Reynaldo and his arm? Pedro explained it as he looked weird out there, kind of uh, not really throwing the way that he's used to seeing Reynaldo throw. Uh, and uh, after leaving him in there for four batters, uh, you know, and, and it kind of going sideways on him, uh, he knew something was up. They took him out. Uh, the initial word is fatigue and, and maybe a little bit of dead arm in the bicep. Um, uh, that's what Pedro said. He says it's way too early to tell if it's going to need you know, require an IL stint or anything like that. But um, something that Reynaldo is dealing with, obviously he's been used a lot. All the bullpen pitchers have been used a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, some just uh, tired, tired arm catching up to him here a little bit. And we touched on a little bit. Andrew Vaughn did hit the walk-off home run. What did the man of little words have to say about the home run and the energizing of this fan base and their own team? Like the big weight off their shoulders, not losing their 11th game in a row. How did he at the field after the game? He felt great. He said he blacked out when he when he hit the home run. He was rounding the bases. He was so 
overjoyed and thrilled, I guess. But uh, yeah, he felt good. He used the phrase weight off the shoulders. So, you know, that they were thinking about this losing streak and stuff like that. But uh, he said he was happy when he crossed home plate. He might have a shiner on the eye after getting hit during the celebration there. But uh, he said it was all worth it uh, because of the because of the win. Absolutely. Um, thank God they won, too, because they could have lost. They could have been 11 straight games, folks. Um, oh, if they were going to extras, I've had them losing. Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that bullpen just looks shakier and shakier with the day, even though they still won. Um, let's go to old Vinny. All right, let's go to August, because we didn't get a chance to play the Pedro stuff that you sent in. Uh, no, not that one. The, I sent you tweets. Did you get the tweets? Um, so we, we did have the Pedro video that you sent in, but you joined us before we, we ended up playing it. So I, I can go to this first. Um, this is from you back on August 12th. After Luis Robert didn't hustle the first yesterday, Tony Lewis asked if he was satisfied with the Sox hustle, said it was not good in 21, reached 22, talked about how guys being limited with sore legs before, saying, quote, I don't think we're perfect, but I think we're doing well enough. And then you followed it up later on uh, in the same thread, saying, is that, is that it? No, th- that's the same thing that you just popped on. I'm sorry. It, it is. Steve. It is. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. Um, all right. Well, you said something great. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, my bad. It, it was about, yeah, uh, all good. Let me just try to find it. Um, uh, where is it? I'm sorry, everyone. It's all right. Um, my fault, everyone. TLR was asked if anyone was still dealing with limited leg soreness. Andrew Vaughn and Aloy Jimenez are, quote, we're still being very careful with Vaughn. He runs the most of the balls out, but he's being told, if you feel a day where you're tight, be careful. Same thing with Aloy. We heard, I think, in May that, there was a couple guys that they were watching with leg soreness. About they were going about seventy five percent. It feels like if Luis Robert, who told Elvis Andrus and Eloy Jimenez, "Hey, my leg is hurt. I'm going to be sore," and told that same thing to Pedro before the game, we wouldn't be seeing what just happened because obviously the fans were reacting. Luis Robert isn't hustling, but I think you noted and the first tweet that I saw yesterday after Luis Robert hits that dribbler and the infielder, you said, it looks like Luis Robert is sore heading to first base or is dealing with some leg uh, soreness. That is the case, but that wasn't communicated with Pedro Grafal, and this is why we had that back and forth, right? Absolutely. Listen, he never told Pedro that his legs hurt. They, he play happened, and Pedro was obviously not happy with the, with the hustle that he saw, and Charlie Montoyo goes over to Robert and says, hey, are you okay? Robert purposely does not say anything. Pedro goes over to Robert and says, are you okay? And Robert purposely does not say anything. When he talked to us last night, he had yet to talk to Pedro Grafol about his leg. After the, after the game, he had been benched through the whole game. And, and that's, I think, kind of where the shot came in. At least that's, at least that's what he seemed to tell us. So, uh, you know, it, it, Pedro claimed that he still hadn't heard that as of this morning, um, but certainly, and, and was sticking to his guns of, I benched him because he didn't look like he hustled. So, um, right, it's about communication. And so the mistake that Robert made was not talking to his coaching staff about how he was feeling, because you're right, there was an example just today of that happening. Aloy, the way he's feeling right now, they're able to get together and make a decision based on how he's feeling for what they can do with him in, in the game. So that was not able to be done with Luis Robert, and therefore it led to all the confusion yesterday. So I want to ask this to you and Herb then, um, because Pedro said before the season started, and I think this was in early November, quote, here's some of the things you can expect from the 2023 White Sox. We will communicate we will be fundamentally sound. We will pay with passion, pride for this uniform. There's no communication. 
it's April. Like, do you think this is just because of early managerial adjustments? Like, hey, he's getting used to the job, learning Luis Robert. I know he proud, uh, pr- prided himself on communicating with these guys in the offseason, just not about baseball. Um, and, and maybe is this any effect of Jose Abreu's leadership still being around on the team? Guys trying to play through stuff when they might not be, and maybe not communicating when they're going through stuff uh, when they should. Because, again, Tony La Russa had to fight Jose Abreu to get him out of the lineup, right? Like, that guy's not going to say, oh, my leg hurts. Like, no, he's going to go out and play. Right, yeah. and, and two points. The first thing is, I don't think you can go and say there's no communication. There was no communication in this one instance, and so let's make sure we're focusing on that before we you know, use it to, to, to paint the entire picture here. The other thing I would say when you bring up the Abreu point is, yeah, sure, and uh, you know that could be a, 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 something that's lasted through that in terms of Louis, the way Robert approaches things, but it also might not be all bad. Right. I mean, it was bad lat yesterday, and that's why we're looking at this through a negative light. But Pedro Grafol spent this morning talking about how much he understands where Luis Robert was coming from, saying, oh, his team's in the middle of this horrible losing streak. He needs to be in the lineup. He wants to help them win. He wants to end this thing. Again, that might sound like a cop out to a lot of people that watch the game and made up their conclusions right in that moment. But I think that you do have to look at it from all angles and say, oh, maybe this isn't Luis Robert being selfish. Maybe it's exactly the opposite of that. But it ended up manifesting itself in a negative way and and revealing some things that went a little haywire yesterday in terms of the way these guys are acting with each other. Yeah, and the perception's reality. The fans saw what they thought they saw yesterday. I was watching on TV, so I saw that he grimaced and pulled up. And so the explanation after the game, while I didn't like it, it makes sense. And, you know, them not communicating is, you know, peak White Sox. But what these players are probably finding out with Yoan and Luis and Aloy is that Jose is one of one. He's a u- He's a unicorn. He can play through injuries and still look good and still perform at a high level. They are different, and they don't, you know, to follow that example is good. It's a good example to have to play to understand when you're hurt or when you're injured, but also it's a, it's a, another curse because he's not speaking to the manager about being a little sore because he's thinking, like, if I tell him I'm sore, he's going to take me out. I'd rather just lie, keep in the game, and do my thing and such. So, yeah, Luis Robert sullied a lot of White Sox fans' minds yesterday with – the effort he gave out there. But like you guys have been saying, communication is the key. If they're not communicating, you're you're having your superstar, your MVP candidate supposed to be, being sought as a dogging player, a player that people say is lazy, is not ready. He's a diva. That stuff could have been nipped in the bud immediately with communication. That's on Luis Robert. That's not on Pedro. That's on Luis Robert. And it's also on Luis Robert for not knowing Charlie Montoyo's name. I mean, he just got there, but also say what's up to your man every once in a while. The man's been managing in the in baseball for a minute. Say what's up to him and say, hey, Charlie, how you feeling? I didn't see that back and forth, Vinny. You were obviously there. Uh, I read the quote from you, and it said at least uh, uh, I'm blanking. Billy Russo uh, said, you know, bench coach Montoyo came to me, but did Luis not know Charlie Montoyo's name? Luis Robert in the moment. What said bench coach and could not come up with the name and he was reminded right away of it and he said oh like oh yeah that guy kind of thing uh i don't know what was going on uh in luis's head he might have been nervous he might have been forgetful uh or maybe there's 
what everybody thought they saw, but uh, he did need to be reminded of the bench coach's name. That is correct. Yeah, I, um, I don't care about that. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I care about it's. It's part of your team. But it, but it's not for sure and certain that he does not know Charlie Montoya's okay. name. I mean, you know, he he could have. I mean, how many times have I been here and not been able to remember a name, a stat? I mean, we just waited about uh, five seconds for me to pull up a quote. I'll get it. So you know, I mean, I don't know. That's. I don't I'm not gonna bag him on that. I'm gonna bag him on that. All right, fair. Um, let's take a quick break, and I do want to continue this discussion just because I think there is a little bit more with Luis. Like, is this what he is? made himself out to be now. I mean, a player that, that dogs it. I didn't think he was dogging it looking at that video. You know, I didn't think that, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that discussion. I uh, want to let you know about FOCO. Uh, our lovely set decorations back here of Vinny and of TA um, are donated <laughs> from FOCO. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. They have hoodies, shoes, signs, the bobbleheads that they've sent us, and everything in between. It is spring and baseball season, so get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, your bags, everything you need for a game at FOCO. And check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Just the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also want to let you know about Shady Rays. Herb doesn't have them on today because, again, it's not shady. Or there's no rays. It wasn't shady no today. Rays. Um, I mean, it wasn't uh, right today. Take on the sun with Cure Built to Last when it is sunny. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair... Even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, they'll continue to have your back. You can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the five the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people um all right let's get into the robert stuff again uh something pedro said and we didn't bring it up in the video but earlier today it kind of felt like the reason why he wants that communication is so he could also protect the player right if luis robert has this happen he doesn't have to pull luis from the game and he could say like tony did last year we have a couple guys that are monitoring their legs like I feel like it could have been a cleaner situation. If the communication was cleaner, we wouldn't have to have the discussion. And like you brought up, Luis Robert is a, a player that dogs it because, I mean, we saw defensively this year, he's been better than ever. Yes. Doesn't look like he's dogging it in the outfield. Um, he was doing a hell of a lot extra in when Aloy Jimenez was playing right field in uh, Toronto. Um, he was going everywhere. So, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't get the sense that Luis Robert is a player who dogs it. Do you guys take anything away from this interaction that he might dog it, that he might be a player that doesn't give his full 100%. I don't necessarily, but as I said before, perception is reality. I don't know if you guys remember the Alex Rios experience here with the White Sox, but he like didn't really have a, you know, hustle thing. So people thought he was always dogging it. It looked like he was just smooth about himself. And so people would say he's dogging it. And that pretty much killed his White Sox career where everybody's saying Alex Rios is this. He's going to be that player. I think Luis Roberts caught up with multiple things. In the midst of a nine-game winning streak, losing streak yesterday, which turned into 10, he got, you know, punished for, for that because you're not hustling and your team's losing? What the hell is that type of stuff? Um, it was a beatable play. If you're just 
you know, jogging a little faster than he was. He almost beat it out, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so there was a lot of things that came into that play that made Luis Robert look really, really bad. Do I think that Luis Robert dogs it? No. In that part, he took a business decision not to tweak his hamstring. I can understand that as a person that he has done hamstring, growing, other uh, small muscles, injuries. He's done that before, so he knows his own body. But fans are going to see what they see, and they're going to say, hey, man, you are an MVP caliber player, and that's why I hold him to that standard. You have the potential to be an MVP caliber player, and I go harder on Luis Robert because he's a better player than he's shown. So, yes, I think that Luis Robert has to overperform this to get rid of the I'm a lazy diva dogging at player because that will be shown, and it was national. It wasn't just White Sox. It was national because of the losing streak. It was national because it's Luis Robert. So, yeah, he will have to be great from here on out. Like we saw the, and people uh, put these things together, the Andrew Jones thing where Bobby Cox thought he was dogging in the outfield and took him out of the game immediately. And then you saw what Andrew Jones did after that. He should be a Hall of Fame career, but, you know, dumb dumb voter so far. Um, Hopefully it happens the same where Luis is like, okay, I don't want that embarrassment ever again. I don't need to be talking to people about my miscues. I need to be talking to people about my home runs that won the game type of stuff. So hopefully it triggers something in his head. It's like, I will not dog it and put those in quotes ever again. So people will not question my, my effort. won't question my skills ever again, because it was embarrassing for him. I'm sure as a young player, this is probably the first time that he has ever had a thing where somebody was questioning his skills and his question, his effort. He was uh, entirely, in my opinion, uh, a, a victim of the circumstance. And, and I mean his circumstance as well. You know what I mean? I think he, he's, he's hitting terribly right now at the plate. He's in a horrible, horrible slump. Um, he's got his own manager and hitting coach explaining about how he's not doing well on the pitch selection front. Yeah, he's looking great in the field on defense, but he can't get on base right now. And you couple that with the White Sox being in this miserable start. They were just in a miserable losing streak that ended today because they scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. This was the culmination of the, and I mean the reaction by fans, the culmination of everything that was going wrong with Luis Robert Jr. and the White Sox. If they are on a nine-game winning streak and he's hit 330 and they're already up I guess that was the first inning and he was the leadoff hitter. But, uh, you know, if they are winning that game and that exact play happens, I don't think most folks are batting an eye at it. I think uh, this was an example of everything continuing to go wrong for this team. And it was for 10 games. And it might continue to go wrong. You know what I mean? We're going to see what happens on Tuesday. But uh, right now, that that situation with Robert, um, obviously, it was a mistake. It was a mistake in communication, but mistakes can just be mistakes and they can be fixed and cleaned up and not happen again. That might be what happens. But yesterday it was under the magnifying glass of the White Sox being off to this horrible start in this terrible funk. And it was another example of something going very, very wrong for them. Absolutely. Um, Herb asked a question. I think we're going to save it for tomorrow's off day show. Uh, Which part of the team has you most worried, whether it be the starters, uh, the starting pitchers? the position players, or the bullpen. The bullpen, yikes. Pedro have to say anything about today, the bullpen, just because Reynaldo Lopez gave up some runs, Kendall Graveman gave up some runs, Aaron Bomber gave up some runs, uh, and, and the state of the bullpen after yesterday where 
they had a no-hitter going into the seventh, and then they leave the seventh inning down seven runs. So what is the state of the White Sox bullpen even after a win today? I think the idea is that the starting pitchers need to start going deeper into games. And I think you've seen that a little bit, obviously Lance Lynn pitched into the seventh uh, uh, yesterday. And then uh, Lucas Giolito had a nice night the other night as well, but um, you know, it needs to be more consistent. And when you've got Dylan Cease and Mike Clevenger, you know, struggling to, to get through five at times uh, that's not going to be conducive to having a well-rested bullpen that can go out and be used the way that it, that Pedro Grifol wants to use it. Um, boy, Joe Kelly looked good today. But uh, did you know that Joe Kelly is only pitched in, what, five games this year or something like that? Like, um, I mean, you know, Lopez has not been good. And and there's a lot of guys in that bullpen that you can say the same thing about. Just go look at the ERAs. Um, you know, Graveman has had his struggles. Uh, Bummer has had his struggles. And uh, when you're uh, – I think somebody said it earlier as we were walking upstairs, you're, you're – three best relievers perhaps at the, at the moment, the way the bullpen is constructed, right? Your three back end guys give up all those runs and you still win a game. Holy smokes. How weird is that? But of course it can't happen without the first part of that, which is those three guys giving up runs. So um, we're going to, we're going to see how things go. Once Garrett Crochet comes back, we're going to see how things go. Once Liam Hendricks comes back and marvelously and miraculously, that could be pretty soon. Um, but we're going to, we're going to have to see how it goes because yeah, it's, it's not faring well right now. It's going through waves. It seems like I don't think it has been this like every single day. Obviously, it's hard to say when they are coming off a 10 game losing streak where obviously things have to go wrong every single day. But um, we've seen stretches where the bullpen has been okay. But um, I don't think you can point to anything on this team and say that it's up to snuff. I mean, there's defensive mistakes being made every single day. There's, uh, uh, you know, the offense. Yeah, sure, they erupted today, but. I mean, come on, we're talking about more games and just piling up where they're only getting four or five hits. You know, the whole one run, one, you know, they score all their runs in one inning and everything else is nothing like that's happening a lot. And so I don't think you can point to anything on this team and feel feel comfortable about it, be it the bullpen or something else. I don't think the players or the manager would speak about it, but Kendall Graveman, after he gave up the home run, looked like he was throwing the ball on purpose to hit Manuel Margot in the Arm after that happened the other day, where I think you were uh, at the game as a fan, Vinny, on he Friday was there night. For, we did two post games. Yeah, Vinny was at the ballpark four times this this series. Yeah, he's busy. <laughs> but like, it, it was obvious that Zach Eflin threw the ball at Luis Robert the other day because that man has pinpoint control and he's throwing in the back of uh, Luis back Luis's backs. Did anybody talk about like, the little animosity, the little uh, rivalry that's starting, kind of with? The Tampa Bay Rays, because it seemed contentious after Kendall Graveman threw that ball at um, Manuel Margot. No one talked about it, uh, but people kept getting hit, didn't they? And I think uh, for the most part, it was probably on accident. I mean, we just spent uh, however many minutes there talking about how bad the pitching has been. That is probably uh, an indication that, you know, uh, some of these balls are getting away from them. They're sure, they sure are walking a lot of guys, so uh, I, I can't imagine that, you know, um, uh, all of the hit by pitches are intentional, uh, but you know, uh, yeah, you're right. But here, let's just look back on it and say, thankfully nothing happened, right? Thankfully there weren't any big moments of, of things boiling over, uh, you know, other than Pedro being mad about a rule, um, you know, and there weren't anything, uh, in terms of real beanball wars or anything like that. But uh, White Sox pitchers are hitting a lot of guys. They're walking a lot of guys. They're hitting a lot of guys. Um, if I'm the other, you know, remember what Tony said a few years ago when Jose Abreu was getting, you know, hit every series, it seemed like. And he said, hey, 
if you can't throw that pitch and throw it safely, don't throw it. So I think it's on the pitchers to make sure that their control is in a place where they're not putting other guys in danger. Because what? I think two guys have been hit in the head by White Sox pitchers already this season, and we just ended the first month. So, um, you know, it could if it if it is a result of poor control or poor execution on the White Sox part, then clean that up. Because I think I, I would, I would, as, as someone who's watching the game, I would rather have them walk people than put other, put any of these batters in danger. Absolutely. Um, final thing I wanted to uh, go to, and it, it does go back to the Luis Robert thing. And it goes to Pedro saying, uh, you know, we need him playing 150 to 155 games. This was in the video we didn't end up showing, but he said this pregame and, and I'm all for that, right? We, that's what the White Sox have built their offseason around, is protecting Luis Robert. Um, and the guy that built this team spoke on Thursday. We haven't talked to you since then, but uh, what did you make of the put-it-on-me quotes uh, from Rick Hahn on Thursday? And you could read Vinny's piece on uh, what Rick Hahn had to say at All-CHGO. But uh, what did you make of Hahn speaking on Thursday? I mean, listen, I think a lot of people made some good points, like, where else is the blame going to go? Who else are they going to blame kind of thing, you know? And, and he was, and he was um, reflective of that. You know, I mean, he, he said, listen, when the players don't perform, it's on the players and who put the players there? I did. So it's on, you know, so, so it's on me. Um, and, and listen, here's, here's a guy who um, is very careful in what he says, is very calculated in what he chooses to talk about. And he was answering questions about job security. Uh, I, I think that says something. I think that shows that, uh, you know, for all of the narrative around this team, um, him and, and Kenny Williams, both who talked to the Sun-Times not too long ago, um, are aware, certainly, if not thinking about the, the realities of their industry and what happens in their industry when this kind of thing happens. Um, obviously, the White Sox have operated somewhat differently than uh, most pro sport teams, perhaps, if, if you want to go back and dig through the history of um, executive uh, tenures in, in, in the four major leagues. But uh, I think Rick Hahn is frustrated. I think he is disappointed, and I think he is mad about what has gone on here at the start of the season. I think a lot of people who don't talk to him ever or don't, you know, uh, don't, don't get past the stands, let's say, or past their TV screens or their phone screens, uh, look at him saying that as kind of a, oh, well, oops, well, we'll we'll do better next time, whatever next time, you know, we'll try again. Uh, that's not what he's thinking. And that's not what he was reacting. I'm not trying to defend his job status. Uh, I, I think that this has been an absolute disaster of a start for this team. Um, and when teams have absolute disasters, the executives and the people in charge tend to lose their jobs. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll see where this team goes from here, but, um, it is, uh, you know, I, I don't think he offered up much in the way of, here's what's going to change. He basically continued to express faith the way Pedro Grafol has uh, that has irritated people. You know what I mean? I, I think everybody wants to see a button pushed that turn, magically turns everything around. I don't know if the White Sox have those buttons or, uh, or uh, at their disposal. And so um, I think maybe faith in the coaching staff and faith in these players is really all they can offer up. And to a lot of people, that's disappointing. And I understand that that's disappointing, um, but uh, you know, yeah. If you if you look at what Rick Hahn said the other day, it was very much um, uh, accepting of of the of the blame of what's gone wrong. But in terms of what's going to change, uh, it, the, you didn't really hear hear much of anything in that department. Vinny, last thing I got for you is uh, I don't know if you knew what the exact music was playing, but uh, at least after a ten game losing streak and they win one game. 
What were they playing? What was the music like? Did you approve of it? He didn't know. Herb, you're gonna be dis- Herb, you're gonna be disappointed. I had no idea what any of those songs were. I did not recognize them. They were um, they were some some newfangled stuff that the kids like these days. And uh, who who could know what that was? Um, there was some there was some good there were some good tunes being played pregame, but uh, uh, but but other than that, uh, nothing I, nothing I recognized afterward. It's tough to hear through the southpaw costume. <laughs> It's it's a it's difficult. Um. Anyways, uh, we're at uh, 58 likes. Uh, so shout out to uh, Gio Soto. Uh, shout out to Manny Benuelos. Shout out to Jimmy Lambert as well. Uh, hit that thumbs up button. Uh, we would appreciate it. We're going to join you tomorrow for an off day show. Uh, we got still a lot more to talk about because as the first baseman told Vinny, it's on, it's on Twitter. Go follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. April showers bring May flowers. So it could be just an early, early start to the year. This could Tyler Flowers back. I hope so. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tyler Pre- Flowers for president. T-Flow. Uh, but follow Vinny on du- Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, has many posts up at all CHGO, most recently about Luis Robert and the fiasco yesterday, and then uh, talking about Rick Hahn uh, on Thursday as well. This is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Akinwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 3.30 here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Peace.